This is my journey from Epilepsy Tasmania. Real stories from people with lived experience of epilepsy and the experts trying to make their lives better. One of those experts is Dr. Leela Landowski. I'm a neuroscientist. She's a researcher at the Menzies Research Institute in Hobart. Epilepsy is a neurological disease that affects our brain. And what's happening in epilepsy is that you get these recurrent, unprovoked seizures. Now, when I say seizures, you probably are thinking of things like um, someone having convulsions or twitching, but there are so many different types of seizures. In fact, there's 40 different types of seizures that a person can have. And it might be, um, it might be that the person blanks out. It might seem that they're, that they're staring into the distance. It might be that they have an absence of movement. So there are so many different types of seizures that people can have. Now, we know that about 10% of people will actually have a seizure sometime in their life, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you have epilepsy. That's a pretty surprising statistic. One in 10 people have uh, a seizure. Yeah, that's right. When I read that in a paper, one of the very long papers that was sent to me, that made me stop and think, wow, that's a lot. Yeah, you know, everyone that you talk to will either have had one themselves or will know someone who has had one. But it doesn't mean you're epileptic if you have one seizure. That's right. So to have a diagnosis of epilepsy, it means that you have to have uh, a number of seizures over a period of time. And so what do we know about seizures and is there anything that people need to understand about them? Well, how about we, we, we talk about what's actually happening in the brain when someone has a seizure? Okay. So... You know, the brain is controlling everything we're doing, whether we're thinking about it or not. So, you know, it's helping me form each word as I speak. It's helping yeah. me digest food that I've eaten earlier. It's helped me walk, you know, all of these things it does autonomously. So it stands to reason if, if a seizure is affecting part of the brain or even all the brain, it's going to stop our brain from doing its normal functions. Now, when a person is having a seizure, what's happening is either a small part of the brain or even the entire brain stops functioning in its normal way. And what's happening is that um, we can think of it as a bit like an orchestra. As we're doing all different sorts of things, certain instruments are playing certain tunes and that creates a song. But when someone has a seizure, it's like all the different parts of the brain are playing the same song. Everything is completely synchronous. So the brain is no longer completing all its usual functions. So the brain is suddenly unable to do all the other things and play all the other songs that it had been doing, which means it's when a, when a brain is being forced to play you know, a single song, yeah. we lose the ability to do other things. So we start having a seizure. So that's why it looks like someone is acting quite abnormally or... That's doing right. things that they wouldn't normally be doing. That's right, because those parts of the brain which are involved in doing all those other things suddenly are forced to do something else, just to, to sing its own song. And in doing just the one thing, there are a lot of vital parts, vital functions that the brain would be doing that it stops? That's right. So, for example, some people lose the ability to breathe because the muscles in your diaphragm constrict and you simply can't gasp for air. So there are so many elements of our basic function that can be transiently lost when you're having a seizure. So in doing that, then there can be some lasting damage caused after a seizure. Yes. And it also might be in unexpected ways. So if you lose control of your body and you fling out your arm or your legs and you hit something, you might actually injure yourself physically in ways like that as well. 
we're kind of getting an understanding now of exactly why it can be a condition with such serious ramifications. What happens after a seizure depends so much on the individual and the type of seizure that they're ha- having that you can't necessarily make assumptions about how it's going to affect their brain going forward. Okay. If I can just give you an example, there's a, a very rare type of epilepsy called Rasmussen syndrome and it occurs in very few few people around the world. But it is very severe. In fact, it's so severe that the only way of treating it often is to literally remove half of the brain in a procedure called hemispherectomy. And that sounds remarkably severe, and, and it is. But the effect on the body and on the brain afterwards is absolutely remarkable. So we think of the brain as controlling everything we do, and you would think that if you removed half of your brain that you would lose your ability to function as a normal individual. There's something really remarkable that happens in children. So before you hit puberty, the brain has this incredible ability to to regenerate and to also adapt. And if you have this surgery, removing half of the brain in in that process called hemispherectomy, the brain can actually relearn everything. So within within the space of a month, these children with this hemispherectomy learn the ability to walk again, they learn the ability to talk again, And it actually is curative. Can you tell us about the condition? It's Rasmussen syndrome. It's characterised by having these really severe seizures. And they are so severe that the child would normally die early, in early teens. Do we know if it's genetic or if it's something that you're born with or is it something that you acquire? A very small amount of epilepsy is genetically hardwired. And the majority comes as either a result of something that you have experienced or we don't know. We call that idiopathic epilepsy. So you might get um, epilepsy as a result of having something like um, a head trauma after a car, after car accident. It might happen after you um, have a stroke. It might happen after you have... Um, a really bad brain infection. The, these are all the various causes, causes that, that we know about. That we know of. Probably, but there's so much about it that we don't know. That's right. And in some cases, it might just be a structural abnormality in the brain that causes it. I mentioned earlier that about 10% of people will experience a seizure sometime in their life. And in those cases, it might be as a result of um, having a, an electrolyte disturbance in your brain. Like, say you've had food poisoning and you've been you've been very sick and you've been throwing up a lot, that causes an electrolyte disturbance. So sometimes that might be a trigger for people. Um, For people who have um, withdrawals from drinking alcohol, that might also cause you to have a seizure. So it's really important to um, identify whether it's one of these causes that's causing a one-off seizure or whether it's actually a, a chronic condition that is causing the seizures. Leela, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. You're very welcome. My Journey is an Icon Media production for Epilepsy Tasmania. The series is being released to coincide with Purple Month 2020, which runs for the month of March. To find out more about Purple Month and how you can get involved, go to epilepsytasmania.org.au. My Journey is produced, directed and edited by me, Sam Icon. Sound design is from Nicholas Storr. The music is from Chelsea McGough and Breakmaster Cylinder. With special thanks in this episode to Dr. Lila Landowski.